0: All right, I am back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast where I got the man, Neil Jacobs, here with me. And uh, he is just all over the Bitcoin space. But you had a really interesting tweet that I want to bring up here uh, in 2021 about uh, Bitcoin, about Internet adoption. So you kind of had this clip about how the media was talking about Internet adoption in 1994, how everybody was kind of off about you know what they were saying they were saying the internet is all crazy everything like that and people are always saying that we're early about in the bitcoin space so i'm curious you know where do you think we are in the bitcoin adoption cycle are we early are we late are we in the middle where do you think we're at
1: so you're pulling a tweet of mine for from 2021 you're really doing your research
0: hey man i gotta i gotta do the work right
1: (laughs) yeah um I would say we're still in the early adopter phase. Uh, I don't really count people who just buy Bitcoin on like a Coinbase and never take it off as someone who's really adopted Bitcoin. It's a good first step. Um, Not using Coinbase, uh, but buying Bitcoin. Uh, But until you understand the value proposition of holding money that's censorship resistant and I don't know if I'd consider that adoption by an individual user. So I'd say we're still in the very early phases. And I think the video you're referring to was like uh, from like NBC or like Good Morning America, one of those where they're like, oh, what's the at symbol in like an email or something like that, right? Um, we're definitely at that point still, because if you have mainstream news, when they talk about Bitcoin, they still sound that elementary on it now if you get in some of the syntax space like cnbc fox business they're starting to get better over the years they definitely are moving in the right direction
0: but we're still very early so then what do you think is that like i like guess the next step in adoption right i mean you you, you kind of describe like, them being curious about the ad symbol like what do you kind of compare that to now because you know, we we're getting a lot. You know, it's like almost like holding it on a Coinbase or something like that. But well, do we still have a lot of people holding Bitcoin on yeah you know, lightning wallets on their phone, kind of like transacting back and forth, maybe a little bit. Maybe is that the next step? Like, where do you think I guess is the next big, uh, big step forward for Bitcoin adoption?
1: That's it's such a loaded and uh, complicated question. Uh, things like this how Bitcoin adoption, right? Just talking about it with people, doing podcasts, people who uh, speak, write books. Um, I would say once, once you have people really using it on a day-to-day basis and some sort of like s- smaller economy, um, you know, even in places where there's really bad inflation, clo- close to hyperinflation, you still have people retreating To dollars mostly um, or stable coins, right? Uh, So, and we're gonna see it happen in those places first. You know, look to South America, look to Africa. Until you see real, like, widespread adoption and use there, it's not the Western world is gonna be the last to catch up to it. Even though a lot of most of the big money uh, goes into Bitcoin here. in terms of it being used as you know a a day-to-day uh medium of exchange it's going to happen here less probably and in the u.s when i say here
0: yeah no and i agree with you there too right i mean what's really the incentive um you know when it comes to the united states i mean we have the global reserve currency now as it stands right i mean the dollar is strong compared to the relatively like all the other fiat currencies and everything like that. But I mean, I do see your point, right? I mean, we need Latin America, we need Africa, we need those places to adopt in order for Bitcoin adoption to kind of occur globally. And I think that's where that kind of the grassroots adoption is going to take place. Uh, But, you know, it does seem like there's a lot of, you know, FUD and and kind of, uh, you know, other things around I guess just Bitcoin and Bitcoin adoption when it comes to, you know, nation states, right? Obviously we have El Salvador who's been very lucky with bukele who seems to be very like orange pulled but what worries me is potentially like some of these other countries being falling into like maybe the ethereum trap or some of these other like you know shitcoin altcoin kind of paths so you know what do you i guess see do, do you think that that's kind of a uh, you know uh, i guess a good uh not a good worry but like do you see kind of where I'm coming from in that or in what aspect of things? Or do you think like, you know, I guess the altcoin market, because there's been so much fud with like things like Celsius, FTX, BlockFi, that those have kind of uh, not fallen by the wayside, but kind of uh, got, got away a little bit? Okay,
1: I'll answer that. I want to just circle back to something I said before really quick. So in terms of like widespread adoption, I also I also see the West – having a big impact on adoption because price is the ultimate signal. So still most of the big money is going to come from here. So I think those two things will kind of run uh, parallel. I don't want to say it's only going to be because of like South America and Africa, people using it. Um, in in terms of widespread use, and if we're saying use in terms of medium exchange use, then I think there, but in terms of... Um, helping adoption forward you need number to go up uh i think people who say you don't are in denial because if bitcoin was at zero no one would be here so you need it to go in the opposite direction as far as things like the second your your point about like ethereum uh, you know altcoins including ethereum uh you know i see them i've always seen them in two ways that are very Contradictory to each other, I see them as like a Trojan horse for Bitcoin, right? They it lets Bitcoin do its thing. It kind of distracts government officials and regulators from understanding Bitcoin as like this separate beast. Um, But I also see them as an attack on Bitcoin because they're really just an extension of the fiat system, right? Instead of a government controlling currency, it's just private actors. Which will eventually be co-opted by a government, anyways, if it gets too big. Uh, that's the one thing about Bitcoin. Uh, at least in theory, we don't think it could be co-opted. Where all these other ones clearly have leaders and and can be.
0: What do you what do you mean by in theory? I uh, I feel like there's, there's something behind that. No, I just was qualifying it. I mean.
1: It's not even theory. There's no leader, right? There's no there's no face for Bitcoin. Maybe I shouldn't even have said that. Um, yeah, I guess I retract the, in theory.
0: No, that's fair. I mean, I I'm just kind of curious too, because like you know you do a lot of great stuff with you know your FOMO twenty one shop, which I feel like you know a lot of people who have like Bitcoin related merch and like, you know Bitcoin you know related products and other things like that. Like you know, obviously there's no CEO behind Bitcoin, but there is. You know, people like yourself and other things that were kind of like, I guess, marketing to to people, marketing Bitcoin in a sense. So, I guess, like, where do you kind of see, I guess, not only like how you and FOMO, uh, like 21 shop, like fits in, but like just kind of like that marketing aspect. Like, you know, do you think, well, I guess, like, in a bird's eye view, how would you describe the marketing message right now to like the average show of Bitcoin to, to people?
1: Well, so FOMO 21 started someone, uh, Sky Ryan, he, he goes by hodl for good on, um, on Twitter reached out to me about early 2022 saying that he'd been in the merch industry, reached out to me, uh, pitched this idea that a Bitcoin merch and apparel shop. And I was totally on board. I think, um, he messaged me, and then later on that day we had a call for like a half hour, an hour, and I was I was in. Um, and since then, we've really the business has done well, slow and steady. It's tough during a bear market, um, but it, it's gone, it's gone well. And I really look like bottom line is I have to allocate a lot of time to it, so I want to make money off of it. I'm not like trying to hide. There, I'm trying to like run a successful business. But at the same time, I do see it as helping uh, spread the word about Bitcoin. You know, I knew, you know, I wasn't going to be building the next hardware wallet. I wasn't going to be, you know, um, uh, onboarding people to Bitcoin through setting up my own Bitcoin brokerage firm. Like those weren't things that I was going to do. I always was talking to people about Bitcoin and educating them about Bitcoin and help spreading awareness in the ways I could. Uh, So this is a way for me to have a business, but also spread Bitcoin uh, to the masses in my own way. Um, You know, people wear our stuff. So like I'm wearing one right now. Enjoy Bitcoin. And it starts conversation in public. Like someone would definitely do a double take at at the shirt and say like, oh, I thought I saw one thing. Right? And then they saw, oh, it says Bitcoin. Right? So there's all... Our shirts, like, definitely... And and hats and everything else we have, it starts conversations. Um, I also... I, I like to look at it, too, as I get to bring memes to real life. So I'll see a meme. I'll slap it on a T-shirt uh, in our own way. And, yeah, it's just... I have a good time with it. It's fun. Uh, everyone likes merch. Everyone wears clothes. Right? So... You know we definitely have a certain like target demographic um but yeah it's just it's a fun thing and you know if i'm helping even if it's a in a 0.0001 percent way you know i'm i'm happy doing it
0: yeah but i mean i well my point was not not necessarily like i guess gonna i guess like you know i'm trying to build like a negative light or anything like that because i agree with you right i mean everybody wants the value and value kind of seem to work. But at the end of the day, like, you know, businesses have to make money. That's like where, you know, Bitcoin startup kind of has to, you know, go through, especially like right now, right? It needs to be somewhat profitable and all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, part of what you're doing is uh, very beneficial to Bitcoin, right? Because if you're wearing like a, I don't know, it's like, looks like Coca-Cola kind of seems first And then people have to do a double take, and look and see it says Bitcoin. And, you know, they always say it takes like Know, five to seven touch points for somebody to really start to look into something. But even if it's something where somebody's walking down the street, you are in a restaurant and you're in the bar or something like that. I mean it's one touch point, right? And I think like at the end of the day, you either can strike a conversation or somebody can notice it and you don't even really know hey, um, this person saw Neil's shirt, um, you know, walking down the street of you know what name a city. And so I think, like, these kind of movements are, are extremely beneficial to, to circa horned build people. But, um, you know, w- when you are, like, wearing some of your merch and bringing some of these memes to life, do, you, you know, I guess, do you get any, like, random Joes off the street kind of asking you about it? And does it truck up uh, a bunch of conversations or anything like that? Yeah, I get converse- conversations
1: start up a lot. Um, but I also hear stories from people in the Bitcoin community all the time that tell me, oh, I was wearing your shirt and this person, you know, just started talking to me, asking me about it. Uh, that's the most rewarding thing. I already, like, get to talk to people on a daily basis. And uh, I don't get out much, so a lot of people aren't seeing my shirts, except when I go to the grocery store or to Bitcoin meetups, so I'm not really uh, necessarily orange-pilling people there. Although there is there are n- new people that come to them uh, all the time. But, yeah, I, I hear stories from people and... Um, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like, oh, it's not just about, you know, selling merch. It's about spreading awareness about Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, now I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out some more research for you here. Uh, oh no! See another tweet where you, you you had a. Uh, a you know, it's funny. Some people like
1: it's so random. Like, like or retweet a really old tweet of mine occasionally and
0: i'm like oh did i really say that <laughs> now i gotta justify it so i can't wait to hear what you're about to say it's really i mean i'm not pulling anything bad it's just i think i feel like it's kind of like uh you know something to you know i i, I agree like i think uh, the pulling of like old tweets it's always a tough look
1: no that's good go for it hit me it's with fun. it uh, everything i say everything i tweet out i you know i i I, I'm not just doing it for like attention. I actually like believe it when I tweet it. So let
0: her rip. Yeah, but this this one is uh you basically took a, a clip from Samson Mao where he was on you know national television, uh kind of going on national TV making the distinction between Bitcoin and crypto. I remember that going on that. Do you you do remember that or?
1: Yes, and I put like little like blurbs at the bottom every single time, and I like cut the video up a little bit. Yeah, you cut it up a lot. We
0: went from 18 minutes to like a minute and a half. So
1: You know, you don't have a lot of attention span with people, right? Like, honestly, if you can't capture their attention in three to five seconds, it's gone. There's metrics in terms of like, not to get too off, off topic, but in terms of our merch site, when people go to like commercial websites, if it takes like more than like two seconds to load, you lose a, a large percentage of people. So it's it's all material to like catch attention, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, I remember that one. I believe that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I kind of like uh, you know, I want to dive into that a little bit because I think like you know that that's kind of a maybe a, a question we might get. Uh, you know, like Bitcoin or you know, people like the average. I mean, I get it with my friends and like you know, they know me like and more. friends here in Tampa where I'm at know me as like a Bitcoin guy, and so they always bring it up and say crypto and i like kind of cringe a little bit and try to say well there's a little bit of a difference but then they don't want to hear anything about it so i'm curious like how do you think like you know when people come up to you maybe and ask you about uh you know bitcoin and kind of like lumping together what do you think i guess is a good way to kind of i guess flip the conversation a little bit and, and make the distinction between bitcoin and crypto um
1: i'm very uh, specific when people do that you know, I say, I'll tell people, oh, yeah, I do some stuff in the Bitcoin space. They're like, oh, yeah, crypto. I'm like, no, Bitcoin. And they'll be like, oh, yeah. It's I'm like, no. There's bi-. I say I'm not trying to be like an asshole here. But there's Bitcoin, and then there's all this other crypto nonsense. And it's, all mostly, it's mostly, if not all bullshit. There's nothing I find interesting about it. I focus on Bitcoin. Like, I really redirect it. I don't try to make the person wrong because they just know what they know from hearing it. You know, the, the news clip, uh, I'm just like, no, there's Bitcoin and it has a purpose that uh, can change the world. And that's what I'm dedicating my time to. And then, you know, if you really want to go down the rabbit hole with them, you know, the, for the first thing I usually I try to identify uh, where's that person coming from? You know, what's their job? Where are they from? Um, are they a man? Are they a woman? Are they older, or younger? Right. So you try to relate um, relate something to them and i kind of go into just like what is money I don't really talk about bitcoin at first you got to start with what is money uh, if you just jump into what bitcoin is specifically uh people are going to be lost because they don't even understand
0: uh what money is yeah that's fair and i think that's uh you know a good point so it's, it's always about the money right i mean but i feel like it's kind of getting in an easier conversation with like inflation and kind of where what things are going now right so uh, you know, you brought up and you talk to people or sometimes you get approached in the grocery store. and I feel like that's kind of like where everybody's pointing to inflation, right? I mean, we yeah, inflation, which is very popular on Twitter for a little bit. We have like kind of people going down to their food you know, you're seeing meat prices being exponentially higher. so do you have you found that? you know I guess I, I, throughout your time in Bitcoin, you know, I know you go to a lot of these conferences. you travel around a little bit. Um, so when they, uh, when people come up to you and maybe it's in the grocery store, do you feel like that conversation has gotten a little bit easier because, you know, I guess inflation is just right in front of us. right It's definitely an easier starting
1: point, but you got to be careful, like saying that Bitcoin is going to protect you from inflation just due to the nascent aspect of Bitcoin and there's a lot of volatility because if you say, oh, it's an inflation hedge, people say, well, it's gone down 70% over the past, you know, I don't know what it's in almost two years, right? So you got to be careful. Um, You know, you got to talk about monetary inflation, right? That the supply is what's, you know, fixed with Bitcoin. And with our other money or fiat money, it's not. So you have to You have to really make the distinction. I try to stay away from the inflation aspect. And if I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to be very granular and talk about fixed units. Because there's other things that drive price, right? Just pure supply and demand. There's a shortage of something. The price goes up. There's an abundance of something. You know, the price may go down. Or if there's no demand, the price will go down. So there's other factors that affect price on a daily basis. So you got to be careful about that. Um, I don't really know if I answered the question or not i'm I'm forgetting the question, but no, is it easier to talk to people in a grocery store now? I don't know. um, I think it's become more real for Americans that there's something wrong, and that is really important that people identify there is a problem they just don't know what's causing it right and where it comes
0: from yeah. so yes, I don't know yeah. What's yeah. Your question yes yeah, I mean that that's kind of like where where I would. Worded in a sense, right? Is like people are more aware of like, hey, like I can't, you know, go out as much. You know, I have to actually. Before I didn't really have to worry about money. I could just, you know, go eat hang out with my friends and why I have to be more cautious. Of like, you know, I can only go out to eat with my friends twice a week. Well, when there's happy hour or some deals or something like that, opposed to, you know, just going for that beer after work every single day or something with the coworkers. So I definitely think that there are people, you know, are people are more aware in a sense uh with that. So um, but yeah, I mean I, I definitely think like we're we're kind of in an interesting spot. And you know, I, I kind of want to revert back to something that you said earlier about uh adoption when you when you're talking about the enemy, because you kind of said, you know, we're in this state where people kind of you know buy Bitcoin and hold it on Coinbase. Well, I mean, there's obviously been a lot of, you know, I guess turmoil in uh, some of the exchanges, um, you know, obviously like Coinbase, BlockFi, FTX, but even some like Bitcoin only ones with like, you know, trust kind of falling and that connected to it a lot of the various Bitcoin exchanges. So, you know, I guess in a sense, like where do you think like exchanges and like, you know, that aspects of things, it plays into Bitcoin adoption and kind of like moving forward, whether it's you know, an education aspect of things or... Um, you know, just kind of, uh, yeah, just making it easier for people to to hold Bitcoin.
1: It definitely hurts adoption when you have chaos, um, and especially when crypto is conflated with Bitcoin and crypto exchanges are conflated with Bitcoin, and then you have all these custody providers um, that have had their own issues. Uh, that's why I, I really think from the first discussion you have with someone about Bitcoin, you really have to jump to the self custody discussion you don't have to tell them they need to do that right away but you have to let them know like that is an option and that's the goal you need to get to eventually because what else is the point right that's the value proposition if you're just here for um to capture like price appreciation you know you could buy a ETF like in one of the international bitcoin ETFs right so yeah it's 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 um, it's it's just imperative you jump to self-custody, at least in your discussion. I, I'm not saying, like, you, you teach someone about Bitcoin, the next day they need to figure out how to use, like, a cold card or a treasure, right? Like, I'm not saying that. Um, You know, I, I've seen a lot of talk recently, I don't know if we're going to go into this or not, with, like, custodians, Bitcoiners are like, Oh, use this custodian. Oh, use that custodians. It's kind of funny to see Bitcoiners obsessed with like what custodians people are using. I, you know, Bitcoiners used to like only champion and encourage uh, self custody. So it's funny that they're getting hung up on who the custodian is. I'm not saying there isn't um, there. It's not. I'm not saying that the discussion isn't worth happening. I
0: think it's just being a little overblown yeah i mean what do you mean by that because you know i, I agree with you right i mean bitcoiners were all about self-custody and then you know now yeah, you know, obviously you know spawn and strike were using prime trust just to name to you i mean i think fold was as well like all the kind of big or big name companies and then they're having to either figure it out now and they're kind of in a weird transition period or they're meeting other ones which you know opens up some liability and some uh some aspects of things so Yeah, I mean, I guess, why do you think that there's so much focus on some of these companies now um, when it comes to the custodians? Do you think it's just because it's a bear market, there's not really much else going on? Or, um, you know, do you think, like, I guess, in a sense, you know, I guess people, when they're orange-filling people, they bring them to these custodians initially, so they feel some sort of responsibility when, you know, these custodians have some sort of issues or, you know, um, the custodians kind of uh, fail or or make a poor decision, I guess, when it comes to like I guess helping Bitcoiners move forward and move to like self custody.
1: So yeah, you mentioned a few com- companies. Uh, first off, Swan, I've done contract work for them over the years and do have a close relationship with them. So I just want to like get that out there. I've also in the past been like a heavy heavy promoter of like Fold and wanting you know people to use Fold. So just to get that out there before uh, any of my biases show. Um, I think part of it is a bear market. People are looking for things. I think... I don't think it's all, like, bad intentions. Bitcoiners by nature are very curious, skeptical, and it's important to drill down on these things. uh, uh so I think there's some people with good intentions trying to drill into this. I think there's others who are, you know, holding bags, meaning, you know, they might be invested in competitors to this company or that company. You don't know who's sitting behind uh, what Anon account out there. And not that it's only Anons. Also, there's certain, uh, you know, people that are called influencers that have investments in certain companies and you never know about the relationships. So you got to be careful, uh, really take everything you know at face value and do your own due diligence uh ultimately you know if there's something that makes you uncomfortable you know just take a step back make like I said make sure you're self-custody and kind of wait to see how things play out um but yeah I self-custody that's that's all I could really say
0: yeah no and I agree with you and yeah I mean like I I think there is you know i guess a place for exchanges custodians too because i think you know i mean if I, my parents on board for example It's like i that's it just to get them to buy bitcoin i mean you know it's either like i guess coinbase or you know one of these only bitcoin only ones right and so i would rather send them to a bitcoin only one like a you know strike or swan or like a fold like where they get you know on their debit card or something like that so i think that those are like good products to get people in and you know, from my understanding, I don't I don't use any of those really products on the on a daily basis. But from my understanding, they they all kind of encourage self custody in a sense. So um you know, I, I I agree. But I I do think it's kind of like interesting that now I guess this is like I guess the, the main talking point now. It seems like it's all over Twitter, and you know, it, it's not really I guess I guess interest of in mine to kind of dig into some of these things because you know I guess like you said, you never really know who's behind those anon accounts. Kind of like. The poking holes in some of these things, Eddie. You know, I guess and, uh, and sometimes it's great. Like sometimes you're getting really good information. So I don't want to like
1: minimize that. I just think you gotta be careful and kind of make up your own mind. Don't get don't be prisoner of the moment. Um you know I've met and spoke with Will Reeves, CEO of Fold, met and spoke with Corey. I know Corey we talk. Um I think people like them both have like good intentions when it comes to Bitcoin. I think they want to get bitcoin um foster bitcoin adoption as much as anyone uh you mentioned strike it seemed i don't know jack mallers but it seems like the same with him uh so i i think you know people gotta you know pump the brakes a little bit keep asking questions like you should always ask questions uh but it's getting a little a little intense and uh i don't need that negative energy right now personally
0: yeah, sometimes you just gotta log off. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta do it. But and I mean, it's uh, a cesspool.
1: It's like monkeys flinging their shit at one another, you know. And sometimes I've been involved in that, you know, in the past. So I don't want to say that it's not. I people just need to kind of relax. I think, um, like I said, I think you know the few of the Bitcoin companies and people I mentioned, I think they have good intentions, and I think they'll come out uh, on the other side pretty good. Of pretty, pretty good.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's just, I think it's part of the Bitcoin ethos, right? The don't trust, verify, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get, well, we'll see how it all ends up playing out, but I'm sure like all these companies are going to you know that the ones with good intentions since we're not, you know, going into the public about schemes avoiding that kind of stuff. Like, right. Not FTX or any of these other companies that are blown up. And so, so I think, Making the comparison or anything like that is not exactly not what I'm trying to do at all. But I'm just you know, yeah some
1: turmoil around no, it. No, and it had yeah. But when people start comparing like a swan to like FTX or BlockFi, you know, to me, like at that point, they they lose some credibility or they're just trolling. Um, and I'm not saying anyone specific, but there's definitely a difference um, between the character of the people at these places uh, and what they're trying to do so it's it's really just uh, be patient and uh, self-custody
0: yeah exactly so um you know you've been in the bitcoin space for a little bit now um so you know i, I kind of want to talk about you know i guess how this bear market is maybe a little bit different than, than other ones and i'll leave it kind of broad for you uh, i mean i'll just leave it at that like how, how would you describe this one differently compared to Previous bear markets outside of maybe just uh, the hubbub around the exchanges. So we just kind of went through. What would you say? What was the last thing you said? Uh, outside of the hubbub around the exchanges that we kind of just went through. You know, I haven't been, like, a big
1: participant in prior cycles. So I first, like, bought Bitcoin in 2013. You know, saw saw it, like, pump from, like, a hundred thirty dollars to twelve hundred dollars uh, um but then i wasn't really around for the that bear market i I mean i got back in in 2015 2016 and it kind of but I, I wasn't really like focused much i would say like after 2017 i kind of experienced that was my first real bear market of really kind of at least paying attention to what i own and being like oh shit like this is like this shit's gonna be worthless like should i even still be here Uh, But I didn't even understand, I still didn't understand Bitcoin. It wasn't until, like, end of 2019 that I really understood it. So my journey took a long time. I feel, you know, when I say it takes that long, I'm like, oh, was he an idiot? But at the same time, back in, like, 2013, the resources weren't as readily available as they are now. There weren't, like, books and podcasts like there are now. There were a few if you were lucky enough to find them. Um, But, you know, it wasn't my time then. I would just say this bear market, it's, a uh, tiring. You know, the... During a bull market, everyone's happy. Everyone's seeing their wealth, like, appreciate. And then, you know, it all kind of bursts. The shitcoiners kind of die out and stop yelling at you. So then it's just Bitcoiners left to kind of go at each other. And uh, because of all the different exchanges and... You know, from the Terra Luna, BlockFi, FTX. I'm sure there's more I'm uh, missing. Now, all the, the prime trust, you know, fraud being uncovered. Now there's issues with Fortress and then Ripple buys them. It's just like, it's exhausting. Um, you know, I'd say as long as you're, for me, my conviction about Bitcoin hasn't changed. I feel like Bitcoin has to work. So I'm, I feel like I'm on a different. For me, Bitcoin has to work. And if it doesn't work, well, I knew I was along a journey that I was passionate about and was trying to do the right thing. So, you know, in the end, no matter how negative the bear market is, I'm still able to like balance it out and kind of stay neutral most of the time.
0: But it's exhausting, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Sorry if that was long-winded. Oh, that's fine. That's what these are for, right? Long-winded answers. Yeah. But I want to dive in a little bit more that you, uh, you know, when you said, for you, Bitcoin has to work. What do you mean by that? Yeah, and like, yeah, let's, let's, dive let's dive into, dive into that. that. I just think a lot of the
1: bad you see in society is is rooted in a bad incentive structure, which is the fiat system. We're all, like, you know, chasing more money constantly to keep up on this hamster wheel as the monetary base keeps expanding and our time is stolen from us. So, you know, who wants to keep living in a world where that perpetual system keeps happening? So yeah, maybe there's this big bust, everything collapses and then what? We just start over with the same system again? I mean, yeah, but who who wants that? Like maybe some people want it. I rather, you know, come up with
0: something new if i think it could be better yeah no i agree with you so i mean i guess like from that perspective of like it has to work like how do you see the transact or tradition going from i guess like fiat to um fiat to like a bitcoin standard do you think there's I feel like there's kind of two schools of thoughts so out one i'd say all right what i've heard and uh i'd like to hear you know kind of. If you think either theory right or if you think maybe there's another one, but I think essentially there's either going to be a crash and burn, kind of like you described, right, where the fiat system just kind of inflows on itself, and then we have to basically go from the ground up, and that's where, you know, everybody kind of starts to grassroots movement and kind of adopts the opinion, or I think that there's going to be some sort of transitioning where it's basically like a slow transition that's going to take, you know, quite some time, maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 years, maybe even longer. I don't know. And there, there's going to be a fiat, then there's going to be some sort of like in between that doesn't really work and doesn't, you know, sustain very long. And then we kind of slowly transition to a Bitcoin standard. And I think the latter, that I kind of just described, is, I guess, the best situation for everyone. And obviously, that the uh, first situation is kind of like, I don't know, like World War Z or something like that. So, uh, which one, do you, do you see either of those series, like, I guess, I guess ever playing out, or do you see kind of, like, another, I guess, aspect of things?
1: Let me look into my crystal ball, and I'm going to tell you how it's all going to play out. Um, I don't know the speed at which it plays out, but, you know, and we ca- kind of touched on this earlier, what I do think is you're going to have to look at other countries first. Um, and see how they move because, look, like all fiat currencies are kind of all relative to each other. Bitcoin is still like a pimple on an elephant's ass, like relative to the rest of, you know, the whole entire world economy. But it's, it's important, um, but it's not that important yet. So I, I'm not sure that the speed of it, I kind of, I do see it like picking up velocity at a certain point, kind of breaking away. Um, I just don't know when that's going to be. I don't know if that's like 30 years and then, or, you know, some people are always like, the end is near, the end is near. I mean, gold bugs have been saying that since 1971. And now it's 50 years later. And, Gold's fucking useless, right? So, what will things look like in fifty years? I have no idea. I no, I, I have no idea. I, I mean, in fifty years, I'll be in my eighties. Um, I don't know. I'll just be happy I could walk to the bathroom at that point, right? But, yeah. I I don't know i don't know i just know this is the right thing so i'm gonna keep doing it
0: yeah and i mean i feel like you know everybody in the bitcoin space is in it for you know i like guess the, the longer you get it you, know, you kind of space the know the gains probably like you know a lot of people came into bitcoin for the three odd gains they, they kind of they developed the thesis and in it for like the principles so i like to say like you came for the money but then you space the money because you know you kind of like you ended up understanding that that way so you know, I think that there's, there's kind of a development aspect of things and then, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of ways that we can move forward with, whether that's, you know, uh it through the podcast, like media and other things like that. But we brought up memes earlier, so I kind of want to get into that. Like, what do you think, like, I guess the meme aspect of things kind of plays into it? So we'll get a little bit, I guess, more of a jollier topic here. It's like, you know, uh, one thing that Bitcoin Twitter does outside of, like, like, like you can come at each other I and mean, people love their memes, so. I guess where do you think that I guess plays a role in everything, whether it's weren't filling like any uh out there, so, like I mean, like I guess needs, even though it's kind of unconventional, has kind of uh you know played a role when it was a Bitcoin adoption.
1: It's funny, I was on a panel last year at the Pacific Bitcoin uh conference. Are you going into that this year?
0: Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll be there. It'll be my first time, so I'm excited. I'm, oh, kind of, awesome. Hey, actually, eating, so I'm I'm really excited to do that. So what's the last thing you said? I said I've never been to L.A., so I, I'm kind of excited to get, to get there and then it out. So. Nice. Well, I'll definitely see you there.
1: Um, me. So last year when I was at the Pacific Bitcoin Conference, I was on a panel uh, with American Hoddle and Lynn Alden, and our discussion was about memes and kind of like, it was your exact question. So I have a better answer for you now that I was on that panel with them. Uh, American HODL brought up a good thing. I think he was asked, so what are like the most important memes in Bitcoin? I think we were all asked that. And I kind of like fell flat on my face with the answer, but his was great. So I'm just going to kind of regurgitate it. And I think it's HODL, which, you know, and uh, stay humble, stack sats. So HODL. You know, it comes from the, I think, Bitcoin talk for talk forums or Reddit. I can't remember. Um, and, uh, you know, Stay Humble Stack Sats comes from Matt Odell. And they're two very important principles that are very hard to actually live by, right? The hodl, hod, hodling is very simple, but it's not easy, right? Uh, getting a position, not being affected by the volatility of the USD price of Bitcoin. And just kind of knowing, like, hey, I'm in this for the long term. And then the stay humble stack sets. Just, you know, Bitcoin humbles everybody. In the bull market, things feel fucking awesome. And then you're kind of punched in the face repeatedly. So I think those have really perme- permeated not only the Bitcoin culture, but obviously the crypto culture, because they steal everything from us because we come up with all the good memes. And even in traditional finance, you hear things like HODL and FOMO and... Uh, to the moon and all these crazy things. So it's definitely, it's it's permeated throughout popular culture. I think it's important. I think um, memes help otherwise kind of potentially boring but important topics spread. You can make things fun and entertaining uh, that normally wouldn't get the airtime. Because, like, instead of HODL, if it was just, like, be a long-term investor and have conviction like it, that's not fun right? or you know it, it's like stay humble stacks ads there's so much like alliteration there It's just like it all clicks so yeah it may seem like stupid on its face but humans you know we're pretty basic in the end so these things <laughs> are important human psychology's you know uh, memes are important that that's what i would say again i don't even know if i answered your
0: question no i think you did and i think like you know it it those things like the mantras and whatever they, they kind of like stick with people right and i mean i i think you know eventually some people initially taking my like face value kind of like you're saying but then you know the more they hear it the more they kind of like look into it or the more they kind of like refer to it and in the sense it's kind of something that you know like you said has kind of permeated into the investing culture which i think you know just shows the importance of it too and i think you know not only that i think uh you know the, the picture aspects of things too, right? Because I mean, they say pictures worth a thousand words. So like those kind of you know meme aspects of things have always, in a sense, like I guess br- brought some sort of emotion out of people. Whether it's something that it pisses somebody off or something that you know they relate to, they laugh to. Like it, it always seems like some sort of meme is pulling something out of somebody. So and I think that those are getting more and more. I, I, I guess like big winners are working on those more and more as time goes, goes on. So, um, you know, I, I, I just, think we're not going to sit here and do any like verbal memeage or anything like that. But, uh, when it comes to like, I guess, the picture aspect of things like, you know, being on the internet, like seeing those develop, do you think that those, like in a sense, like can be help like, are helpful. Or do you think like, you know, some of them could be potentially harmful depending on like how, like, I guess how graphic, like how, you know, I guess intense, how, how out there they are. The answer would be yes. So all of
1: that. Um, yeah. I mean, look at like, and it's not just, you know, traditional finance and pop culture that memes me It's even governments. I remember when there was like a Winnie the Pooh meme making fun of the, the Chinese uh, leader. Um, and like they banned Winnie the Pooh in China, or I, I forget what the name of the movie was, but Sony came out with a movie that made fun of Kim Jong-un in North Korea. And it, you know, they threaten to like attack the US. Like, I, I don't even remember exactly, but things like this matter. Um, satire, comedy help, you know, penetrate propaganda. Um, so, yeah, they matter. They're important. They can it can be dangerous. Um, but on the flip side, like, you know, I, free speech is free speech. And as long as you aren't endangering anyone, um, I think anything's fair game. And if you can't, you know, handle the heat, stay out of the kitchen, right? I mean, it could get pretty, like, it could get intense and, like, it could get malicious, and I don't, like, condone that. I'm not about that. Um, but I also think, like, sunlight is the best disinfectant. So if you, you know, if something bothers you, if it bothers you, it probably bothers other people. Let them see see it. You know, let them be bothered like you are. Don't try to hide it. You know,
0: hiding things to me just makes things worse. Yeah, that's a fair point, and I yeah I, I agree with that in a in, as well. Um, but you know, there there has been like I said more movement outside of memes. You know, you brought up Pacific Bitcoin, right? There's a there's been a, a massive amount of growth when it comes to like Bitcoin conferences, Bitcoin meetups, all these. So, you know, we've been kind of talking about, like, the internet a little bit, but I want to kind of talk about the importance of, like, meeting in person uh, before I let you go here. So, um, you know, how do you, you know, I guess, see like development of, like, all these Bitcoin conferences all over the all over the globe? Um, like, you know, even some conferences are not even specific, but there's a lot of Bitcoiners that are beginning to attend them. Um, you know, whether it's like the freedom forums and that those kind of things as well. So, you now I guess, how do you think the development of conferences and kind of like the meetup scene and like in-person aspect has developed over time? And like, you think like it, it's maybe, a, a, I guess, a good thing or do you think like there could be a somewhere, There's almost like too many Bitcoin conferences and it's getting kind of watered down. I don't...
1: I don't think you could have too much of a good thing, uh, especially in this scenario. Um, even if there's too many conferences, you know, most people are only could only like go to one, right? And they're going to go to the one that's probably closest to them, or the one time of year they want to go on vacation somewhere. Maybe they'll do an extended trip. So it's in. I love that there's all these different conferences. For someone like me, it gets tiring because I go to a lot of them. So, yeah, then then it's kind of too much of a good thing. But outside of, like, the crazy people like me that show up at, like, four-plus conferences a year, you know, traveling all around, um, I, I think it's great. And, you know, the, the conferences, they could get really expensive, you know, hotels, flights. It could run, like, a couple thousand dollars. And for someone just getting into Bitcoin, I would say probably not a good idea. Like, more important to start accumulating Bitcoin than go to a conference unless, like, you're really trying to break in and want to work in the Bitcoin space and, you know, meeting – there's nothing like meeting people in real life, Um, especially during bear markets. For someone like me, because, you know, like we've talked about, it gets pretty negative. It's nice to be in person um, because it's just, like, a great feeling to be around other like-minded people all on, you know, a similar mission in terms of, like – you know, an end goal of seeing Bitcoin succeed. You know, that means a lot of things to a lot of people. But definitely, if you can't if you can go to a conference, go to a Bitcoin meetup. They're free, right? Like, all around the world, there's Bitcoin meetups. Um, so yeah, if you can't afford to go to a conference, go to a meetup. There's, there's like, no excuse not to... And le- to meet, like, Bitcoin is in real life. Unless you're, like, really concerned about... Uh, you know, your security for some reason. If we want Bitcoin to be adopted ultimately, like, people are going to have, everyone's going to be a Bitcoiner. So you have to weigh those those risks. I think 99% of people are fine. It's more of the well-known people in the Bitcoin space
0: that uh, ha- might have to be a little more careful in certain circumstances. Yeah, I gotcha, and that that makes sense. All right, so we, we, we're here in, like, September. where uh you know, we got, like, three-ish, four-months. Left in a year, so what do you see? I guess like Bitcoin. I guess the near future, whether it's the rest of this year, next year, like what do you see in the development of the space? Like what kind of excites you? Is there any like project you maybe want to shout out or something like that? Um, Like what do you kind of have your eyes on? And kind of you know, even though there is some negativity in the market, can be exhausting. Like what are some things that you know really excites you and get you ready and keep you going for uh you know the next you know a couple months or so.
1: You know, it was just like just being a boom a a couple weeks ago, right? Meeting you and meeting optimistic people working on, you know, certain projects. Like, uh, you know, I got to see Rob Hamilton, who's working on Anchor Watch, which is like insurance for Bitcoin. Um, And he's working on something else called Miniscript. You know, this is all like way above my technical understanding. But, uh, you know, just improving the ways you could use Bitcoin it's happening behind the scenes you know the marketing of bitcoin and getting the word out um is equally impor- as important as people building coming up with i don't know if i have anything specific um what else is going on out there i know some things that aren't like public not like news breaking and they'll um yeah, no, I, I, I'm i just bullish on Bitcoiners. There we go. I
0: don't know. I didn't give you anything good there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. I, I love it, though. I mean, why can't you, or how could you not be bullish on Bitcoin, especially when right? we're just in Austin and, you know, making yeah, up Bitcoin and there's so right. much going on there, right?
1: And while we were there, did like, how often did people talk about the Bitcoin price? Yeah, I never really heard about it one time. So I, I can't remember once that anyone mentioned the Bitcoin price. Which just kind of tells you something like, yeah, like, everyone wants number to go up, but there's more meaning to it. There's, it's like, there's just this shared sense of mission that's going on. Um, and as long as we have
0: that continue, I think we're going to be just fine. A hundred percent. All right, Neil, you've been very generous with time, um, so I really appreciate you coming on. Why don't you tell people, like, where they can find you, where they can find you. Uh, The merch, like where, where should we go? Uh, Maybe buy the shirt that you're wearing. Oh, so okay. So this is enjoy
1: Bitcoin. Um, You could get that at FOMO21.com. I should have like a promo code for your listeners right now, but if you just like sign up on the website, you get like a ten percent off. Um, FOMO21.com. You can find me at Neil Jacobs on Twitter. N E I L J you could see it right on the screen here if you're watching. N E I L J C O B S if you're listening. Um, I, I, you know, I do have some news, but I can't share it yet, some personal news of something else I'll be doing in the Bitcoin space. But it's like just a couple weeks too early to share it. Oh, man. So Come follow on. me on Twitter. Break it, Break it for me. me. <laughs> so follow me on Twitter.
0: Um and you'll find out. All right, cool. And there's a little teaser. So follow Neil on Twitter and then check out FOMO21shop. Uh all that stuff will be in the bo- uh, will be in the. I'll also include you too, so the ones that I don't have so, uh, yeah, on your show.
1: Yeah, on on Twitter, it's at FOMO21shop, but if you just type in the url-, URL, it's FOMO21.com. Sorry. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me.